1: It's now Thursday, January 4th, and I'm on my way to the press conference to get the the judgement.
2: It's been six weeks since Greenpeace and Nature and Youth took on the Norwegian government in court and argued before the judge that Arctic oil is unburnable carbon.
3: I'm I'm feeling, like, uh, surprisingly calm, but uh, on the inside, really, really uh, excited. Really (laughs) excited, no matter how this ends up.
2: As the morning progressed, We spoke to the team as they assembled to receive the judgment.
4: I don't even know how to describe it. I'm incredibly excited and just, I really cannot wait. I couldn't sleep last night, of course. I don't think anyone in the team slept very well. Breathing deeply and (laughs) waiting for the minutes to go by, because this is coming down in just eight minutes, I think.
2: Over the seven-day court battle in November... The co-plaintiffs had attempted to prove that the government's decision to hand out new drilling licences in the Arctic was illegal. And now, after a nervous Christmas of waiting, the day of the ruling had finally arrived, when the court would make its decision known to both parties. The ruling was due to be sent to the attorneys via email at 2pm. As the time drew near, film crews and photographers from the Norwegian media gathered in the room to capture the moment when the judgement arrived but it wouldn't be made public until an hour later. At 3pm, eagerly waiting to find out the result ourselves, we tried to contact members of the team, but all their phones were ringing out. But then... Hello? Hello, Richard. Hey. Hi, Comic. We finally got through to Richard Harvey one of the lawyers from Greenpeace International who was working his way through the 49-page ruling from his office in Amsterdam.
0: Um, It's at best a mixed bag. Um, And uh, the judge has at least recognised that uh, we had the right to bring the claim that Article 112 does grant rights And the government was trying to argue to the contrary there. But at the same time, he said that it has not violated um, the constitutional rights. um, And we've got to go through the reasoning of it very carefully to see um, what we agree with, what we disagree with in the decision.
2: So it seemed like the court had upheld the government's position. Also, following developments from Amsterdam, was Greenpeace lawyer Michelle Yonker Argueta.
4: From what I understand, is that the court decided that exported greenhouse gas emissions were not relevant to the case, and they found that the local impacts also did not rise to the level of a uh, constitutional infringement.
2: The government was acquitted. Even though the courts ruled that Article 112 of the Constitution does give citizens the right to a safe environment, the ruling went on to state that the government is not responsible for oil which is exported and burned outside of Norway. The government's decision to award new drilling licences in the Arctic was therefore deemed to be valid, despite the fact that the world has already found more oil and gas than we could ever burn.
5: I do not think that is a correct interpretation of Article 112.
2: Katrina Hambro, one of the lawyers who argued the case in court. Uh,
5: let's compare it to for example exportation of um, weapons and ammunition which is also uh, something that can do great harm to to mankind. I think most people would uh, appreciate uh, that it is not legal to export as much weapon and as much ammunition as you like to any country in the world, no matter who they are and how they deal with it.
3: It's obvious that uh, the oil that uh, is extracted from the earth uh, will be uh, used and will produce carbon dioxide and, and greenhouse gases, and, which will f- lead to warming. And this is the whole uh, thought behind the carbon budget which was uh, um, uh, set out in the Paris Agreement.
2: einstein Vestre, legal team lead for Greenpeace.
3: The court uh, basically uh, say that the carbon budget is not relevant. That way of looking at the climate is not relevant uh, when judging paragraph 112. And that, of course, is... is uh, I, I disagree very strongly with that uh, uh, assessment of the of the, how the paragraph 112 what underlies that
4: paragraph. It sort of narrows it down uh, to just look at local consequences or national consequences.
2: Leader of Nature and Youth, Ingrid Scholdeweir.
4: We know that the climate problem is an international problem which uh, happens all over the world and has consequences all over the world. And that makes it very difficult. And that sort of breaks... All our arguments from the judge's part, because he thinks that the consequences aren't big enough when you don't count in the international consequences of burning that
1: door The entire global perspective was was taken away.
2: trolls Gullovsson, head of Greenpeace Norway,
1: which, which meant that the judge saw the environmental paragraph as a, as a sort of very traditional um, environmental protection law. Which of course is one of the reasons why climate change is so difficult to combat because we all need to think bigger and broader and more global than we're used to do.
3: I'm a bit disappointed that of course we lost in this instance.
2: Torgir Vestra, a central board member of Nature and Youth.
3: We were crossing our fingers and hoping, but as environmentalists, we are used to losing most of the stuff we do is uphill.
2: Greenpeace and Nature and Youth were also ordered to pay the government's legal costs. However, the co-plaintiffs did win on one of the key issues of the case, the interpretation of Article 112. The Attorney General had argued in court that the article merely outlined a principle and did not give citizens a real right to a safe environment. The ruling contradicted this, formally agreeing with the co-plaintiffs that it does give citizens a real and enforceable environmental right.
0: It's extremely important that the government's claim that Article 112 merely established a principle and not a right, that that was rejected completely by the court. The environmental provisions confer a right on the people.
4: Whenever the government acts, it will be looked at by us, by society, by anyone who's concerned about future generations, who's concerned about their children. They will look at government action and see whether or not it is compatible with the right to a healthy environment. And because this right now exists. So it's no longer a question of, if there is a right, there is a right. If there's a duty, there is a duty. So now this, this kind of, it gives some teeth to this protection. And there is a threshold, the court has acknowledged that. It's just that in this particular instance, it did not find that government action had actually exceeded that threshold.
2: Greenpeace and Nature and Youth now have four weeks to decide if they want to appeal the court's ruling.
4: It's still
5: sensible to argue this case in an appeal process, because I do not think it's correct that uh, uh, every exported emission from an oil production country is to be disregarded under the Constitution. That means that if Norway wanted, one could continue to export emissions, no matter how uh, bad the climate situation gets, we can uh, export it to any country, no matter whether that country uh, acknowledged the climate issues or not.
2: Never in the history of humankind have we faced a threat like climate change. It is a unique challenge which can only be solved with new ways of thinking. Exporting carbon emissions to other countries does not export the problem of global warming, nor the harm this will ultimately do to the citizens of your country. National borders are just something we humans have invented. They exist only in our own minds. Faced with a global climate system in which the consequences will be out of our control, these borders become simply irrelevant. The fight to recognise the real right of all citizens to a safe and healthy environment may have been won in the courtroom. However, the battle to actually protect this right and to force the governments of the world to seriously confront the reality of unburnable carbon continues from here.
4: At the end of the day, a right is only a right to the extent that it is enforceable. Right. So we we have a big win here, that we have a right to a healthy environment. That it places limits. Now we have to see how that plays out, whether it is on appeal in this case or whether it is in future challenges to the courts.
0: This is clearly uh, part of a wave of climate change cases, uh, and that wave is getting stronger. Certainly the wave has not been stopped. The wave, uh, the, the tide has not been turned uh, against the climate change movement. Uh, I think the tide is flowing even more strongly in favor of the, the climate change movement.
1: Climate change is a huge environmental problem. No current laws are addressing it fully and properly. Not on the national or international level. We have in the world more than 100 con- countries with comparable paragraphs in the constitution. Has now been shown to have real legal teeth, uh, and uh, and can and should be used to combat climate change and environmental degradation. Lots of places and should be able to succeed.
3: Everything we we get against us I only motivates me further to work harder both inside and outside the courthouse Uh, me at least personally want to continue this fight
4: this is one of the things that we're doing we're never going to give up until
5: we win
2: if you've enjoyed listening to Unburnable and feel that this is a story that should be heard please share online and rate this episode on iTunes and if you want to follow the continuing fight to protect the Arctic, please visit savethearctic.org forward slash unburnable. Unburnable was brought to you by the team at Radio Wolfgang. This episode featured Ingrid Scholdeweir, Truls Gullovson, Katrina Hambro, Einstein Vestra, Torgeir Vestra, Michelle Yonker-Argeta, Richard Harvey, and was narrated by me, Cormac McAuliffe. The producers were Ivor Manley and Cormac McAuliffe. Sound design by Ivor Manley with original music by Paul Fitzpatrick. The executive producers were Harry Watson and Colm Roach. Special thanks to Halvard Ravend and Erlen Telnes.